Romans chapter number 12 tonight in your Bible, and I want you to listen carefully. I have something on my heart that may seem a bit strange, but I guess my preaching is a bit strange. But I want to give you what the Lord has on my heart for tonight, and I hope the Lord will use it in our hearts and lives. I need the offering plates back up here if I could have them. I need them just a little, the little, the little offering plates. I need those, and um, we'll see what the Lord will do. Just put, just hand me one up here, son. I need one for illustration's sake. How many of you love the Lord? Say amen. Preacher's going to preach with an offering plate in his hands. You know business is picking up. I remember Mays Jackson preaching one night or one afternoon. I was a teenage boy, and he preached on following the bottle. I was just a teenager. And I'll never forget that service. We're all sitting there in a packed-out house. Mays Jackson has announced, and he's in heaven now. I think I just heard him holler, Amen. He said, We're, I'm going to be preaching on following the bottle. And he's talking about the liquor bottle. Well, we assembled in, and man, the service has started. He read his text, and then he's told a highway trooper who was back in the foyer to come down the aisle. And he came with an empty liquor bottle, and he handed that liquor bottle to Mays Jackson. And the trooper was, was the way the liquor bottle got to the pulpit. Well, then Mays Jackson had a Bible in the other hand. And what a sermon that was. He preached with a liquor bottle in one hand, a Bible in the other hand. And he said, folks, we're going to follow this bottle. And I'm going to show you where it will take you. My, what a sermon that was. And I was a teenage boy. And I'll never forget that illustration as long as I've got memory. And you know something? We're always making memories with young people. We're always making memories. There will be things that you'll forget about this meeting that they won't forget. And that's why we don't need to overlook them. And tonight maybe there's a little illustration that maybe the young people and us adults can remember. Romans 12, I believe everyone's found their place. The Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let us pray. Father, it is a joy to be back in church tonight. I thank you for all the good singing. Then, Lord, here it is, preaching time again. It's hard to believe this is service number seven but God, we're in need tonight. We can't ride on last night's blessing. We need you here tonight. I pray you'll pull everybody's attention, Lord, to what you want said in this service. And Lord, all that's accomplished will give you the glory, the honor and praise. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 
If you notice back in verse number 1, there's an unusual word in verse 1. The word beseech. We may not use that word, but here's what it means. It means to literally be on hands and knees begging. Now I want you to imagine the man who wrote over half of the New Testament and he is on his knees looking at those Roman believers and he's begging them. Now can you imagine a preacher begging? Well, that's what he's doing. But what is he begging for? I want you to notice he's begging them by the mercies of God that they present their bodies a living sacrifice to God. I can't help but believe tonight that real preaching, the real man of God is not interested in himself. He's interested in the needs and the welfare of those he's preaching to. And friends, tonight God Almighty, I believe, is beckoning us to present our bodies a living sacrifice. Now friends, we don't need a dead lamb. We don't need a dead goat. Up Jesus Christ is the final sacrifice of blood and of death. But friend, God on this side of the cross is calling upon us up to be living sacrifices. Not dead sacrifices, but living. I'll come back to that in a moment. How do you do that, Brother Anderson? Look in verse 2. Be not conformed to this world. You see, when I was a young preacher starting out, much of the revival preaching of those days was taken from Romans 12 too. Be not conformed to this world. That word conformed means molded to a pattern. And there's so many sitting in the house of God today. It breaks my heart to pieces. When I see the members of our churches more interested in being molded to the pattern of this world than they are molded to the pattern of Jesus Christ. Our heroes should not be in Hollywood. Our heroes should not be in the world's music industry. Our heroes should not be politicians and great people of renown. But our heroes should be the characters of the Bible. Our heroes should be godly people that are alive on this earth today. He says, and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want to tell you something about your mind. Your mind is going to need renewing from time to time. You thought thoughts today you wouldn't want nobody to know. That's why you, come on now, that's why you got to have your mind renewed. You do that by getting out of the world's pattern and getting under the pattern of what thus saith the Lord. And then he says this, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable 
and perfect will of God. Boy, I remember them preachers, Brother Jimmy. They preached so hard. Man, they preached against everything. I mean, they just preached against everything. Me and Juanita were newlyweds. We saved up before we got married. And we bought this fine television set. It cost $98. It was a 13-inch black and white RCA. I'll never forget it. We could pick up three channels. One of them was clear. The others were fuzzy. And man, here we are sacrificed to buy a $98 television and had rabbit ears. These young people don't know what that is. But it had rabbit ears, no remote control. I'm talking about a 13-inch black and white TV. But you know, them preachers preach so hard against that. I thought, man, they're, they're against everything. Now, we did watch some bad stuff, you know, Stuff like Gilligan's Island. Stuff like the Andy Griffith Show. Stuff like Gunsmoke. And all them bedroom scenes on I Love Lucy. When she got in her bed. And he, come on now, hadn't we come a long way from that? But them preachers I came up under was against all that. I wonder what they'd do if they came back from the grave and see what our phones will do. Say amen right there. But I'm here to tell you, we got to be careful because this world will get us messed up. This world will get us out of shape with God. I don't want to be conformed to the world. I want to be conformed to the image of Christ. Man, I can't get to my preaching and I like it that way. But look back in verse 1. You may wonder why I have an offering plate up here. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. This is not above the call of duty. God said, which is your reasonable service. When your pastor calls on you to come out of this world, forsake this world, turn your back on this world, that is not above the call of duty. It's your reasonable service. Did I read that correct? But I want you to look. I'm trying to get to one word tonight. The word present. You know, there's a lot of kind of giving in the Bible. You know, you could study the Bible, you could find tithing. You could find secret giving. Giving that your right hand don't know what your left hand does. There's all kind of giving in the Bible. But here the word present is this. It's a gift on display. It's a gift in exhibition form. In other words, it's a gift for the whole world to see. Something you give that you're not ashamed of. I told you about Mary Magdalene gave 50000 I told you last night Nicodemus gave 200000 I'm calling on you tonight for a larger offering than Mary gave. I'm calling on you tonight for a larger offering than Nicodemus gave. Because the plea tonight 
is not for dollars and cents and myrrhs and aloes and alabaster boxes, but the plea tonight is that we give ourselves to God, that we present our bodies, our lives. The late 1700s in the country of Scotland, there was a little struggling church. They hadn't saw much going on for a long time. It's been over a year now and the deacons met with the pastor. They're fixing to dismiss him. They're blaming the dormancy of the church on the pastor. Well, friends, don't blame stuff on the pastor. I say, glory to God, take responsibility for yourself. I don't want to preach on this, but them sorry low-down deacons ought to looked in the mirror. That's what the problem was. Say amen right there. Can somebody say amen? amen. Well, they got on the preacher and said, Hey, preacher, ain't nothing happened in a year in this church, and we're going to have to let you go. And where did deacons ever think they were called on to hire and fire preachers? Whoop, glory to God. Maybe I need to preach on deacons a while. I'm for deacons. My dad was a godly deacon. He's in heaven now. But the preacher said, wait a minute, fellas. We did have a convert this year. One of them said, who? See, y'all remember little Bobby? They called him Wee Bobby, W-E-E, Little Bobby. Bobby was only about five years old, and he was little for his size. He was living in a very poor family that loved the Lord. And one day during that year that seemed like nothing was happening, little Wee Bobby came to Jesus Christ. And he told the deacons, don't forget about little wee Bobby. Let's don't forget him. And they said, well, preacher, you're right. We forgot about him. And we're going to give you another chance. Well, in time, wee Bobby, little Bobby, got the opportunity to attend a large missions conference. A little poor boy who loved Jesus. And the moderator of the mission conference, hundreds of people sitting there, he got up and he pled with the people. He said, folks, look, we've got to get the gospel around the world. We've got to get the gospel to people who's never heard. He pled. He begged them. He said, folks, give all you can. Give what you can. When the usher comes by, don't hold back. Well, they took up the offering after that plea. The offering plates going in and out, coming back to the usher. And finally, the usher got to little Bobby. And Bobby said, Sir, would you put down it a little lower? And he put it a little lower. And then he said, Sir, that's not low enough. Will you put it down a little bit more? And little Bobby finally talked that usher into putting the offering plate on the floor. And little wee Bobby said, I don't have no money, but I'm getting in the plate myself, and I'm giving myself 
to the Lord. And tonight, you don't ever know who's in this house of God. You don't know there might be a wee Bobby sitting right here tonight in the house of God. Somebody might think, well, whatever come of that? A little poor boy. Whatever come of that? A little old poor boy got in an offering plate. I'm sure some people didn't like that. Well, when little wee Bobby got grown, he accepted the call to the mission field. I'm talking about Robert Moffat, who spent 60 years in Africa preaching the Word of God. It all started one night when he said, put it lower, put it lower. I want to get in and give my all to the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave 60 years to the foreign field. Had a daughter. Guess what her name was? Mary. Mary Moffat. We've heard a lot about Mary. But guess who Mary married? She married David Livingston, who was no doubt the most known missionary of all history. And they served over 50 years in Africa as well. I'm telling you, there's over a hundred years of influence in the continent of Africa because a little five-year-old boy got in the plate. I said he gave it all and he went on for God. You won't often be in a service where the preacher is standing in an offering plate. Amen. But tonight, this is simple preaching. But the first thing you probably noticed when I got in this plate was my feet. Man, he's in there with his feet. You know something, folks? We need to give our feet to the Lord. Your feet are either taking you from the Lord or they're taking you toward the Lord. Psalm 37, 23, the Bible said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God orders us to go onward. Onward, Christian soldiers. I'm sad to say I don't see a lot of people going onward. I see most people going backwards. And you know why we're going backwards? We need to get our feet in the plate and say I'm going on. I'm not going back. The things of this world are strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Our feet need to be going onward. Are y'all with me? Are you willing to give your feet to God? Give your feet to God. Our feet are to be going upward. God said the steps of a good man, they're ordered by the Lord. Would you... Tonight, would you put your feet, little Bobby, little wee Bobby, nobody paid him much attention, but he got his feet in the plate. Amen. So guess what else you might notice that's in this plate? My hands. Giving God my hands. The cry of churches and good pastors all over this country is we need help in hands. We need laborers. Oh, I'm glad you're on the pew, but that's not why God saved you to take up a few inches on a pew. God saved you 
to get your hands in eternity. Think about that God would call on such feeble folks as us to put our hands in eternal matters. Would you give your hands to God? Jesus said in Matthew 9, 37, 38, Then saith He unto His disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. He said, Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that He will send forth laborers into His harvest. My oldest son tonight, when he was nine years old, he said, Dad, I see you spend a lot of time with radio and a lot of hours. And Dad, if you'll teach me to run it and do it, I'll do it for you. And for years, that little squeaky voice, Jeremy Anderson bringing Dad. Now here comes my dad with today's message. Don't you underestimate what God can do with a little child. I've seen children in our services give their whole life savings to God. Oh yes, I've seen children give large amounts to them, to God, and God has blessed them for doing so. You know, there's a principle, I don't want to bring it up, but I got to. That older crowd in the wilderness, they all had to die off before the young generation could obtain the blessing. I don't want to be an old person in the old generation who's a hindrance and a stumbling block to the children and the young people that's coming on. Y'all with me tonight? Let's give the Lord a hand. When I see these young people at the house of God, and I start noticing this activity that I didn't see before. It blesses my heart when I hear young people playing instruments. When I see young people forming a trio. When I see what I'm seeing tonight. Hey, there's young people. You don't know this. But they meet me at the car every night. Ain't nobody told them. They just come preaching, do you need some help? And one help bring this in. One help bring in some dishes uh, that I had to return tonight. Oh, we can't make it without the young people. I want to encourage them to go on for the glory of God. Can someone say amen? Don't y'all worry about that offering plate. Now, we're not done with it yet. But I guess you saw my feet. You saw my hands. Guess what else is in that plate, Brother Jimmy? My eyes. You know, I'm telling you, there's never been more evil and wicked for the eye gate than there is now. I think about what Job said. Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes. I made an agreement with my eyes. Why should I think upon a maid? Now fellas, I want to talk to you men a minute. And you ladies can take a break. And I'll be with you in a minute. But you, you men folks, listen. You know where your problem is with the opposite sex? Do you know where men 
get most of their attraction. It's a scientific proven fact. You know where men get most of their attraction from women? Through the eye. That's exactly right. That's why women should be modest, shamefaced, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. That's the book, friend. In other words, I'm not against a woman looking nice. I'm not against a woman fixing up. But I'm against a woman who's a spectacle. I mean, when she walks in, everybody's mouth flies open. We don't need that kind at the house of God. That's been the downfall of many a man, the eye gate. It's getting quiet, it's going to get worse, okay? Matthew 5, Jesus said, Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. That's what Jesus said. He said, but I say unto you, we're upping the standard. Whoever dreamed that we'd get so far from God that we think the New Testament is a lower standard than the old. Jesus never lowered any standard. He raised the standard. He said, but I say unto you, if a man looketh on a woman to lust after her, he hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Now brother, that's pretty heavy. I wonder how much adultery has gone on even in this room. Nobody may have saw it, but I tell you the Lord saw it because He weighs the hearts and minds and thoughts. And fellas, you know what we need to do? I said what we need to do, we need to get in the plate and say, I'm giving my eyes to God. I'm not, hey, pornography is so accessible now. So accessible. You used to have to go to a sleazy joint and find a pornographic magazine. Now it's only a click away on an electronic device. Would somebody say, are we just going to pretend this ain't happening? Friends, it's a happening. And what we better do, we better do what Job did. We better make a covenant with our eyes. Amen. Amen. Now you ladies got quiet because I said I'm coming down your alley. But do you know where a woman gets most of her attraction with a man? It's not through the eyes. That plays into it. But it's through the ears. Have you ever heard sweet nothings? Woo! Glory to God. Have you ever heard this one? A smooth talking Romeo. You ever seen a beautiful woman? I mean drop dead beautiful woman. And she's married to a man ugly as a mud fan. How in the world did he get her? It sure wasn't through the eyes. It was through the ears. He learned to smooth talk. Silver tongue Romeos have been the downfall of many a woman. The husband stops complimenting them. The husband stops saying nice things to them. And I know some of you fellas thinking, hey brother, if you look, look how she looks. Well, have you looked in the mirror lately yourself? 
I mean, this thing of getting old is going both directions. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Boy, I hope I'm not digging a hole I can't get out of. Somebody said you can dig up more snakes than you can kill, and I hope that I'm not doing that tonight. But friends, hey, let's get our ears in the plate. Let's quit listening to gossip. People can't, you can shut gossip down. You can shut it down, just don't listen to it. They ain't got nobody to tell it to. I don't want to hear no gossip. I don't have time. I don't have time to hear people run down God's people. Amen. I don't have time for that. I want to keep my ears in the plate. I want my ears to be clean when the trumpet sounds. I want to hear the trumpet say amen. I'm just, man, I know y'all think I'm meddling tonight. But I want to keep my hands in the plate. My feet in the plate. My eyes, my ears in the plate. Hey, I want to, and I had it, had it with me when I was in the plate. You just couldn't see it. You know, if I get in the plate, my wallet's in the plate. 10% nothing. He owns it all. When you get in the plate, it all belongs to Him. One year when I was pastoring, we were doing some figuring on our income. And one of these said, how in the world, Don, did we give more than we made? I said, I don't know, but God will give more through you than He will to you. Why not get in the plate? Don't toss your wallet out. Leave your wallet in your pocket. Ladies, leave your pocketbook on your shoulder. Get in the plate. Give it all to God. Give it all to God. You'll never, ever outgive the Lord. You know what else is in the plate? You couldn't see it tonight, but you know it's so. My heart was in the plate. The heart is my passion. It's what I live for. It's what I long for. You know the word passion is in the Bible, but it's associated with Christ and the cross. Luke said it this way in the early verses of the book of Acts, after His passion. You see, Jesus' heart was Calvary. His passion was sinners. And I'm glad that He loved me so much that I got His heart when I got saved. Tonight, as a Christian, I believe we all got shortcomings. If you were to look around this room, and you can start with me if you want to, you'll find faults with me. I don't want you to. I want to do better. But you know as well as I do that we're made of dust and our best state is altogether vanity. I don't see no halos and angel wings sprouting out of this group tonight, including myself. But i tell you one thing I did. When I got in that plate tonight, I got in there with all my shortcomings. I'm giving all them to God. And I'm telling Him I'm sorry. And I want to tighten up. And I want to be a better Christian for God. We have a lot of bragging today about not changing. Well, we're not changing. i tell you one thing. We're not changing. Well, friends, we do need to change. For the better. For the more holy. 
for the more right. I'm, I'm all for this not going back to the world changing that way, but we need to be growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. Young people, you could be the next Robert Moffat. Before I give you my last point, it was a snowy, snowy night. A young man, teenage boy, named Charles Haddon Spurgeon, heard that there was a meeting at a local mission. This teenage boy named Charles Haddon Spurgeon that nobody knew, he showed up at the mission on that snowy night. And you know, it was such bad weather that the preacher couldn't even get there. There was probably less than ten people. Charles Haddon Spurgeon sitting there, a teenage boy. They don't even have a preacher present. So a deacon got up and exhorted them for about twelve minutes where the Bible says, Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. Man, it don't look like much is going on in that mission. Winter, blizzard, no preacher, no singing groups, nothing big and spectacular, just a deacon got up and spoke 12 minutes. But in that 12 minutes, God got a hold of a young man named Charles Haddon Spurgeon, and he got born again that night in that little mission, in that blizzard. Oh, it didn't look like much was going on. It didn't look like much was going on. But we don't ever know what's going on. Some think I shouldn't go into churches where there's just a handful of people. But we don't know what's going on. There might be a Robert Moffat sitting out there. There might be a David Livingston sitting out there. There may be a Moody or a Spurgeon out there. I told you about the night I got saved. If we were under the tent, I would have been standing about right here. Twelve others out there. Brother Jimmy, I was the littlest. Freckle face, country boy, bangs. Standing there, weeping. I just got saved. I'm sure when everybody looked at that 13, when they saw me, I'm sure a lot of folks thought, well, you know, he's just a kid. They looked at the bigger ones as greater prospects. I don't know what happened to the bigger ones, but I know what happened to me. I got in the plate that night. I got saved by God's grace, and I have no regrets of getting saved young and giving my life to God. My boys have grown up never hearing me and their mama fight and fuss. They'll tell you they've never heard dad raise his voice. I don't know if that be true, but I try to let it be true. And friends, it all starts with somebody. My last point tonight and I'm going to give you adults a chance to do this. I know some of you wanting to get in it, but i got to give you my last point tonight. When I got in that plate, you saw my feet, my hands, my eyes, my ears. You didn't see my wallet, but it was in there. You didn't see my heart, but it was in there. 
But there's something else in that plate that's worth more than Mary's gift. Worth more than Nicodemus' gift. It's called the soul. And if you're lost tonight without Christ, I invite you. Come get your soul in the plate. And your soul can be saved forevermore through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ.